From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic today is machine learning in the cloud. Across all industries, the exponential increase of data collection demands faster and novel ways to analyze data, but also to learn from it and make better business decisions. This is how machine learning in the cloud helps fuel innovation for enterprises, from startups to legacy players. Two words for you, data innovation. My guest is Dr. Bratton Saha, Vice President and General Manager of Machine Learning Services for Amazon AI. He has held executive roles at NVIDIA and Intel. This episode of Business Lab is produced in association with AWS. Welcome, Broughton. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So off the top, could you give us some examples of how AWS customers are using machine learning to solve their business problems? So let's first start with the definition of what we mean by machine learning. And machine learning is a process where a computer and algorithm can use data usually historical data, to understand some patterns and then use that to make some predictions about the future. Businesses have been using this to do a variety of things like personalizing recommendations, like improving supply chain forecasting, doing chatbots, you know, using it in healthcare and so on and so forth. For example, if you look at Autodesk, Autodesk was able to use the machine learning infrastructure we have for the chatbots, and they were able to improve their ability to handle requests by almost 5x. And they were able to use uh, these to address more than 100,000 customer questions per month. Then there's NordWallet. NordWallet is a personal finance startup that did not personalize the recommendations that they were giving to the customers based on the customer's preferences. So they use machine learning services that AWS provides to be able to tailor the recommendations to what a person actually wants to see. And that resulted in a significantly improved business. Then we have customers like Thomson Reuters. Thomson Reuters is one of the world's most trusted providers of answers with teams of experts. And they use machine learning to be able to mine the data and to be able to connect and organize all of the information so that it makes makes it much easier for them to provide answers to questions. And then we had in the financial sector, we have seen a lot of uptake of machine learning in the financial sector. So one company, for example, they are a payment service provider. They were able to build a fraud detection model in just 30 minutes. And the reason that I give you so many examples is to show how machine learning is becoming pervasive. You know, it's going across geos, going across market segments, being used by companies of all kinds. And machine learning is also touching, you know, industries like manufacturing, um, food delivery, and so on. So we have another example with Domino's Pizza, where Domino's Pizza wanted to be able to, they had a project called Project 310, where they wanted to have a pizza 
ready for pickup within three minutes of an order or have it delivered within 10 minutes of an order. If you want to hit those, you want to be able to predict when a pizza is going to come. So they actually use machine learning models. They looked at the history of orders. Then they used a machine learning model that was trained on those history of orders. They were then able to use that to predict when an order would come in. And they were able to deploy this to many stores and they were able to hit the targets. You know, machine learning has become pervasive in how our customers are doing business. It's starting to be adopted in virtually every industry. We have several hundred thousand customers using our services. And, you know, it's one of our services. Amazon SageMaker has been one of the fastest growing services in AWS history. So just to recap there, customers can use machine learning services to solve a number of problems. But some of the high-level ones would be a recommendation engine, um, image search, uh, let's see, search in general for word search, uh, then also customer service, but then also improving quality of the product itself. When we think about that example specifically of Domino's Pizza, because I think that's a really good one. Everyone understands how, you know, a pizza business may work, but if your goal is to turn pizzas around as quickly as possible to increase customer satisfaction, by looking at your historic data, that gives the assumption that Domino's was also in a place to collect data, how quickly they turned around orders, how often people ordered, what they ordered, et cetera. And that was what the prediction uh, model was able to base itself on to, to build this prediction engine. Is that correct? Yeah. And let me, you know, you asked a question around how do we think about these machine learning services? And we think about these machine learning services, essentially, if you look at the AWS machine learning stack, we think about it as a three-layered services. So at the bottom layer are the machine learning infrastructure. What I mean by this is when you have a model, you are training the model to predict something, and then the predictions is where you do this thing called inference. So at the bottom layer, we provide the most optimized infrastructure so customers can build their own machine learning systems. Then there's a layer on top of that where customers come and tell us, you know what, I just want to be focused on the machine learning. I just don't want to build the machine learning infrastructure. And that is Amazon SageMaker. And then there's a layer on top of that, which is what we call the AI services, where we have, you know, pre trained models that you can use for many use cases. So indeed, we are looking at it as three layers, different customers use services at different layers based on what they want, based on the kind of data science expertise they have, and based on the kind of investments they want to make. Now, the other part of this is what you referred to at the beginning, which is data and innovation. And really, machine learning is fundamentally about gaining insights from data and using those insights to make predictions about the future, and then you use those predictions to derive business value. So in the case you mentioned with Domino's Pizzas, I have data around my historical order patterns, and so I can use that to predict my future order patterns, and the business value that I get there is I can improve the customer service by getting them ready in time. You know, there's another example, Freddy's Frozen Custard. They use machine learning to customize menus. 
And as a result of that, they were able to get double-digit increase in sales. So it's really about having the data and then using machine learning to gain insights from that data. And then once you've gained insights from that data, then using that to drive better business outcomes, which you know goes back to the thing that you mentioned at the beginning, which is you start with data and then you use machine learning to innovate on top of it. And you've touched on this a little bit with um, sort of the entry that uh, companies can take when they want to look at machine learning processes. But what are some of the challenges organizations have as they start their machine learning journeys? The first thing, you want to have data and you want to have data that is structured well in terms of data that is clean, that doesn't have you know a lot of uh, anomalies and so on. And then what we often see customers do is because machine learning models typically get better if you can train them with more model, you're looking at using vast amounts of data. And so what we often see customers do is create data lakes in the cloud, like on Amazon S3, for example. So that becomes the first step is getting your data in order and then potentially creating data lakes in the cloud that you can use to feed all of your data-based innovation. Then the next step becomes, well, I want to be able to create, get the right infrastructure in place. And that is where some customers say, look, I want to just build the whole infrastructure myself. But the vast majority of customers say, look, I just want to be able to use a managed service because I don't want to have to invest in building the infrastructure and maintaining the infrastructure and so on. Then the next one becomes, okay, how do I choose a business case? If you haven't done machine learning before, then you want to get started with a business case that actually leads to a good business outcome. Often what can happen with machine learning is, you know, it's cool. We do some really cool demos, but it doesn't translate into business outcomes. Then you basically start these experiments and then you don't really get the exact support that you need. And then finally is actually having that commitment because machine learning is a very iterative process. You know, you're training a model. The first model you trained may not get you the results you desire. There is a process of experimentation and iteration that you have to go through, and it can take you a few months to get started, to get the results. And so putting together a team, giving them the support they need, that becomes the final part. So if I had to put this in terms of steps, sequence of steps, I think it's important to have a data culture and data. I think it's important in most cases, customers choose to use a managed service to build and train their models in the cloud simply because you get storage a lot easier, you get compute a lot easier. And the third is get a use case that is going to have business value so that you know your company knows this is something that you want to deploy at scale. And then finally, be patient and be willing to experiment and iterate because it often takes a little bit of time to get the data in order, train the models well, and actually get the business value. Yeah, because it's not something that happens overnight. It does not happen overnight, yes. And then how do companies prepare to take advantage of data? Because it's, you know, this is, a like you said, a four-step process, but you still have to have that patience at the end to be iterative and experimental. For example, do you uh, have ideas of how companies can think about their data in ways that makes them 
better prepared to see success perhaps with their first experiment and then perhaps be a little bit more adventurous as they try other um, data sets or other ways of approaching the data? Yeah, so, you know, companies usually start with a use case where they have where they have a history of having good data. And what I mean by a history of having good data is they have a record of, you know, the transactions that have been made. Most of the record is accurate. You know, you don't have a lot of, for example, empty record transactions. So typically what we have seen is the amount of data maturity varies between, you know, different parts of a company. And so you start with the part of a company where where the data culture is a lot more prevalent. And then you start from there so that you actually have a history or a record of, you know, historical transactions that have happened and you stored them and you start from there. You don't want a situation where most of those data rows are empty. You really want to have fairly dense uh, data so that you can use it to train your models. So why is now the right time for companies to kind of start thinking about deploying machine learning in the cloud? I think there are a confluence of factors that have happened now. One is machine learning over the last, you know, five years has really taken off. And that is really because the amount of compute that is available has been increasing at a very vast rate. So if you go back to the IT revolution, the IT revolution was really driven by Moore's law. And in Moore's law, the compute increased, you know, doubled every 18 months. Over the last few years, the amount of total compute that can be thrown at machine learning problems has been doubling almost every four months. That's like six, six x more, five x more than what was Moore's law. So the amount of progress that we have seen in the last four, five years has been really amazing. And as a result of that, a lot of functions that could only be done by humans, things like detecting an object, things like understanding speech, computers and machine learning models are now able to do them as well as humans. And as a result of that, a lot of capabilities are getting unleashed. Now, that is what has led to an enormous increase in the applicability of machine learning. So, you know, you can use it for personalization. You can use it in healthcare. You know, and I gave all those examples. You can use this in finance. You can use this for thing, doing things like churn prediction, fraud detection, and so on. So one part of the reason why now is the time, good time to get started on machine learning in the cloud is just the enormous amount of progress that has been made in the last few years that is unleashing these new capabilities that were previously not possible. The second is that a lot of these machine learning services being built in the cloud are making machine learning accessible to a lot more people. Even if you look at, you know, four to five years back, machine learning was something that only very expert practitioners could do and only a handful of companies were able to do because they had these expert practitioners. Today, we have more than 100,000 customers using our machine learning services. That tells you that machine learning has been democratized to a large extent so that many more companies can start using machine learning and transforming the business. And then comes the third part, which is, well, you know, you have these amazing capabilities that are now possible. You have the 
cloud-based tools that are democratizing this. And then the third aspect of it is the easiest way to get access to these tools and these capabilities is through the cloud because first it provides you the foundation of compute and data. You know, machine learning is really at its core, machine learning is really about throwing a lot of compute on data. And in the cloud, what happens is you get access to the latest compute, you know, you just pay as you go. And you don't have to do these upfront huge investments to set up your compute farms. And then you get all the storage you know, and you get all of the security and privacy and encryption and so on. So all of that core infrastructure that is needed to get machine learning going, I often say, you know, machine learning is the icing on the cake. And that cake means there is storage, there is compute, there's database, there's analytics, there's security, encryption, and all of that. Now you get all of that available in the cloud. So, Brathen, how does AWS innovate to help organizations with machine learning model training and inference? Yeah, so at AWS, you know, everything we do works back from the customer and really figuring out how we reduce their pain points and how we make it easier for them to do machine learning. Now, at the bottom of the stack of our machine learning services, we are innovating on the machine learning infrastructure so that we can make it cheaper for customers to do machine learning and faster for customers to do machine learning. And there we have two AWS innovations. One is inferential and then the other is training. These are custom chips that we designed at AWS that are purpose-built for inference, which is the process of making machine learning predictions, and for training. And Inferentia today provides the lowest cost inference instances in the cloud. And Trainium, when it becomes available later this year, will be providing the most powerful and the most cost-effective training instances in the cloud. And we have a number of customers using Inferentia today. So Autodesk uses Inferentia to uh, host the chatbot models, and they were able to improve the cost and latencies by almost 5x. Then Airbnb, Airbnb has over 4 million hosts, you know, who welcome more than 900 million guests in almost every country. And Airbnb saw a 2x improvement in throughput by using the Inferentia instances. And which means that they were able to serve almost twice as many requests for customer support than they would otherwise have been able to do. And then Sprinkler, Sprinkler develops a SaaS customer experience platform and they have a unified, you know, AI-driven unified customer experience management platform. And they were able to deploy the natural language process processing models and inferentia. And they saw significant performance improvements as well. And then even internally, uh, our Alexa team, they were able to move their inferences over from GPUs to inferentia-based systems, and they saw more than a 50% improvement in cost due to these inferentia-based systems. So we have that at the lowest layer of the infrastructure. And then on top of that, we have our ML, uh, you know, the managed services, where we are innovating so that customers become a lot more productive. And that is where we have SageMaker Studio, which is the world's first IDE. Uh, that offers tools like debuggers and profilers 
and explainability and a host of other tools you know data preparation a visual data preparation tool that makes customers a lot more uh, productive and then at the top of it we have these ai services where we provide these pre-trained models for use cases like search and document processing you know kendra for search text for document processing image and video recognition where we are innovating to make it easier for customers to just address these use cases right out of the box so there are some benefits for sure for machine learning services in the cloud like improved customer service improved quality and hopefully increase profit. But what key performance indicators are important for the success of machine learning projects? And why are these particular ones so important? You know, we are at the end of it. What we are looking at is working back from the customer, working back from the pain points, you know, based on what the customers tell us or inventing on behalf of the customers and seeing how we can innovate to make it even easier for our customers to do machine learning. And so one part of machine learning, as I mentioned, was predictions. And often the big cost in machine learning in terms of infrastructure is often in the inference. And that is why we came out with Inferentia, which are today the most cost-effective machine learning instances in the cloud. We are innovating at the hardware level, and we also announced Trainium. That will be the most powerful and the most cost-effective training instances in the cloud. So we are first innovating at the infrastructure layer so that we can provide customers with the most cost-effective compute. Next, we have been looking at the pain points of what does it take to build an ML service? You know, you need data collection services. You need a way to set up a distributed infrastructure. You need a way to set up an inference system and auto scale it and so on and so forth. And so we have been thinking a lot about how do we build this infrastructure and innovating around them. And then we have been looking at some of these use cases. So a lot of these use cases, whether it be search, whether it be object recognition and detection, whether it be intelligent document processing, we have these services that customers can directly use and you know we continue to innovate on behalf of it i'm sure we'll come up you know with a lot more features this year and next um, to see how we can make it easier for our customers to use machine learning what key performance indicators are important for the success of machine learning projects Um, we talked a little bit about how you like to improve customer service and quality and of course increase profit But to assign a KPI to a machine learning model, that's something a bit different. And why are they so important? You know, you want to, so to assign the KPIs, you really want to work back from your use case. So let's say you want to use machine learning to reduce fraud. You know, your overall KPI is what was the reduction in fraud detection? Or let's say you want to use it for churn reduction, like you know, you're you're running a business, your customers are coming, but a certain amount of them are churning off. You want to then start with that one, which is how do I reduce my customer churn by some percent? So you start with the top level KPI, which is a business outcome that you want to achieve and how you get an improvement in that business outcome. Now, when you work back from there, so let's take the churn prediction example 
at the end of the day, what is happening is you have a machine learning model that is using data and the amount of training that it had to make certain predictions around which customer is going to churn. Then that boils down then to the accuracy of this model. Like if this model is saying, you know, 100 people a churn are going to churn, how many of them actually churn? So that becomes a question of accuracy. And then you also want to look at, well, let's say how good was this machine learning model at detecting all the cases? So there are two aspects of quality that you're looking at here. One is of the things that the model predicted, how many of them actually happened? Let's say this model predicted these 100 customers are going to churn. How many of them actually churned? And let's just say 95 of them actually churned. So you have a 95% precision there. The other aspect is suppose you're running of this business and you have a thousand customers and let's say in a particular year, 200 of them churned. How many of those 200 did the model predict would actually churn? And that is what is called recall, which is given the total set, how much is the machine learning model able to predict? So fundamentally, you start from this business metric, which is what is the outcome I want to get? And then you can convert this down into model accuracy metrics in terms of precision, which is how accurate was my model in predicting certain things. And then recall, which is how exhaustive or how comprehensive was my model in detecting all situations. So at a high level, these are the things you're looking for. And then you'll go down to lower level metrics, which is, you know, these models are running on certain instances, on certain pieces of compute. You know, what was the infrastructure cost and how do I reduce those? And, you know, there will be, you know, we have, for example, if you look at our services, you know, these services are being used within amazon.com as well so you know these services for example are being used to handle surges during prime day or black friday and so on so then you get to those lower level metrics which is am i able to ha am i able to handle surges in traffic and so on so it's really a, a hierarchical set of kpis start with the business metric get down to the model metrics and then get down to the infrastructure metrics quite a bit of metrics to make sure that this is a successful endeavor so when you think about machine learning in the cloud in the next few years, three, five years down the road, what are you seeing? What are you, what are you thinking about what will be easy for companies to do now, which um, they could start preparing for now, or perhaps things that you hope will happen, but we may still be a bit off even right now? You know, I think what will happen is... Um, machine learning is just going to get more pervasive you know because what will happen is customers will see that they're able to fundamentally transform the way they do business companies will see that they fundamentally are transforming the customer experience and they will embrace machine learning and we have seen that at amazon as well you know we have a long history of investing in machine learning we have been doing this for more than 20 years and we have changed how we serve customers with Amazon.com or Alexa or Amazon Go, Prime Air, and now with AWS, where we have taken this knowledge that we have gained over the past two decades of deploying machine learning at scale and are making it available to our customers now. So I do think that 
we will see you know just a, a, a much more rapid uptake of machine learning then i think we'll see a lot of these broad use cases like you know intelligent document processing a lot of paper based processing will move to get automated because the machine learning model is now able to scan those documents and really infer information from it infer semantic information from it not just the syntax so a lot of that will move up and if you think of you know paper based processes you know whether it's loan processing and mortgage processing a lot of that will get automated then you know we are also seeing businesses get a lot more efficient in terms of you know personalization like forecasting supply chain forecasting demand forecasting and so on um we are seeing a lot of uptake of uh, machine learning in health you know we have customers ge for example uses a machine learning services uh, for radiology so you know they use a machine learning to scan uh, radiology images and then determine which ones are more serious and therefore you know you want to get the patients in early we are also seeing potential and opportunity for using machine learning in genomics um for precision medicine so i do do think a lot of um innovation is going to happen with machine learning in in healthcare we'll see a lot of machine learning in in manufacturing a lot of these manufacturing processes will become more efficient will get automated will get safer because of machine learning so i see in the next 5 to 10 years pick any domain like sports i mean uh nfl you know nfl nascar bundesliga they are all using a machine learning services you know nfl uses a machine learning services they use amazon sagemaker and nfl uses a machine learning services to give their fans a more immersive experience through next gen stats you know bundesliga uses a machine learning services you know when a player is do making a shot bundesliga uses it to just make a range of predictions and provide a much more immersive experience same with nascar you know nascar has a lot of data of their uh you know of the races before and they're using those to train models and and provide a much more immersive experience to their viewers because they are they can predict much more easily what's going to happen so you know sports entertainment financial services healthcare manufacturing i think we'll see a lot of the a lot more uptake of machine learning and um, just making the world a smarter and a healthier and a safer place what a fantastic conversation thank you very much broughton for joining us on business lab thank you thank you for having me it was really nice talking to you That was Dr. Bratan Saha, Vice President and General Manager of Machine Learning Services for Amazon AI, who I spoke with from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review, overlooking the Charles River. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the Director of Insights, the Custom Publishing Division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And you can also find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, 
please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Collective Next. Thanks for listening.